the E-Myth breaks it down into processes that can help you pull yourself out of the business. And it really starts with creating systems, replicable and profitable systems. And the greatest example of this is McDonald's. It was a business owned by the McDonald brothers that was purchased by Ray Kroc. And he saw that there were systems in place that helped them make great hamburgers and milkshakes. And he was able to create replicable and profitable systems. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw Jr., bringing you another solo episode today. We're going to be talking about outsourcing your job and maybe even starting a business that doesn't own you. Just different ways to work smarter, not harder. These are like hidden secrets and hacks to getting more done in less time so you can spend your days how you wish. So let's dive right in. I am working remotely right now. As a matter of fact, I am in Montana sitting at my sister-in-law's kitchen table about to wrap up my workday. And I'm going to go jump on a paddle board, paddle up this cool little river called the Whitefish River into Whitefish Lake. And then I'm going to float back down. And I'm probably going to have a beverage or two on the boat with me as we do this. And it's just this cool little town, place we wanted to come and spend more time for years. We haven't been out here for like 10 years, even though we have family out here. Just haven't gotten a chance to get out here. And now here we are, and I can work from anywhere. I'm taking one day a week off, of course, the weekends. Took a, a whole five days off to drive out here. We hit Badlands National Park and Mount Rushmore and the Black Hills and Grand Tetons and Yellowstone National Park. And we've seen elk and bear and deer and mule deer and all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's just been a blast. Now, I've been out here before, not in this particular. I've not been to Yellowstone or Grand Tetons or the Badlands National Parks, but I've done a ton of national parks. Uh, told this story before. You may not have heard it, but I met my wife, Allie, and I met leading adventure camping tours. We actually worked for a company called Trek America, and we did this both for just one summer, but we were both tour leaders, and we got to travel all around the country. It was the coolest job. It was right after college. It was so much fun, and it was just a way to you know, earn a few bucks, but go see the country, the coolest parts of America, and get paid to do it and meet a bunch of cool people from all over the world. I never had an American on any of my trips, so I got to meet all these folks from around the world, and uh, it was just such a great experience. So I've, I love adventure. I love travel. I love getting to see new places and do new things, and with the way I'm working now, I am location independent, and it allows for this. And you might be thinking, yeah, well, this doesn't work for me, Jim. Well, with all of the the coronavirus shutdown, I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people, a lot of businesses, a lot of bosses are realizing that, hey, maybe people can telecommute. Maybe this does work a little bit better than I thought. I know Twitter has gone all in on allowing people to work from home or work remotely. A lot of companies have started putting in place plans to allow this at least part-time. So this is this podcast episode is going to be more relevant now than ever. So I'm super excited to give you some concrete, specific examples and ways that you can outsource your job, work smarter, not harder, even if you don't want to travel. You just want to get more done in an eight-hour day or a 10-hour day or however many hours you work. If you just want to get more done, level up, and you know, just crush it and keep living the way you are, that's awesome. If you want to take that extra time and 
go paddleboarding or go adventuring like I love to do or spend time with your kids or if you need that because you have an ailing family member you need to spend time with, you can spend that extra time however you want. But if you listen to this episode and you take some notes or you download the action plan, you can go to jimharshowjr.com slash action. I'll have all the cliff notes right there waiting for you in a PDF form with bullet points and links and everything you need to start outsourcing the work that you do. And I'm going to give you examples or starting a business that doesn't own you. I'm going to give you the tools and the tips and tactics right there. If you want to learn how to really implement these into your life, you can always jump on a phone call with me. Uh, my schedule is limited and there's a, a very short application process to uh, vet you and make sure you know people are, are jumping on the call for the right reasons and not just wanting to, to chat. I really want to bring you value. So if you actually want to have a meaningful, deep conversation, go ahead and look at my calendar. You can go to jimharshowjr.com slash apply. Uh, but let's dive in here. There's never been a better time for this. I remember when the book, The 4-Hour Work Week, came out with Tim Ferriss, who I interviewed. There's two podcast episodes, just a few episodes back, where I interviewed Tim, but he's the author of the New York Times bestselling book, 4-Hour Work Week. This book was a huge breakthrough for me. And ever since that I read that book, I've had this seed planted in my mind to do what I'm doing right now. And I'm going to give you the steps to help you, you know, shortcut a lot of the problems and challenges that I've had and the, and give you a lot of the, the tools, tips, and tactics that I've learned along the way through my successes and failures and setbacks along the way so that you can do this just more easily than I can. But this book was written, I don't know, 15 years ago, something like that. And things have changed so incredibly much since then. It's so much easier to do this. Now, whether you Maybe you're an entrepreneur, or maybe you're not. Maybe you work in sales, or maybe you uh, are part of some organization, uh, you know, maybe even a nonprofit. Maybe you're coaching a team, your kid's sports team, and it's like all the administrative crap that, that bogs you down you don't want to do. This is going to help you. I'm going to give you tactics for that. And you can outsource even parts of your job. And I'm going to talk about the parts you can and cannot outsource. The First book that, that really planted the seed, like I said, was The 4-Hour Workweek. And then I read a book called The E-Myth. The E-Myth is the entrepreneurial myth. And the entrepreneurial, E stands for entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurial myth, it was written by Michael Gerber, and there's since been at least one revision of this book. But this is just a landmark, classic, go-to book for any entrepreneur and anybody who's in a leadership position. Because here's what they mean by the E-Myth. Let's say... You are a good handyman. You're super handy around the house. You know, I'm going to start a handyman business. Well, you get into the handyman business and you say, oh, geez, I didn't realize that I had to also become a marketer. I didn't realize I had to do, learn how to, to do my books and do the bookkeeping. I didn't realize that I had to deal with customers. And uh, I didn't realize that there were insurance issues and things that I had to deal with. And there's all these things that, you know, an entrepreneurial, an entrepreneurial mindset, you start thinking, oh, I can go have this business doing that. Well, you'll soon realize that doing the thing is just a piece of the job. I remember when I became a full-time head wrestling coach, I realized that even being a head wrestling coach was like a small part of the job. Most of the job was like fundraising or recruiting 
or helping kids with academic challenges or really being a, a therapist or a counselor for a lot of guys who just needed that support. And I quickly realized that, you know, you're not just going to be teaching wrestling moves and running practice every day. You're doing all those things I just mentioned in addition to, you know, booking hotels and all the logistics that go into, you know, running an organization or an enterprise like that. And it's the same with entrepreneurship. But this book, The E-Myth, breaks it down into processes that can help you pull yourself out of the business. And it really starts with creating systems, replicable and profitable systems. And the greatest example of this is McDonald's. It was a business owned by the McDonald brothers that was purchased by Ray Kroc. And he saw that there were systems in place that helped them make great hamburgers and milkshakes. And he was able to create replicable and profitable systems. There's also another book called Work the System by Sam Carpenter. This was another landmark book for me personally that really helped me understand that it's all about systems. Any organization is all about systems. If it's more than one person, you know, if there's two or three or five or a thousand or 10,000 people, one person isn't running the show. It's all about replicable and profitable systems. And this is how successful businesses work. So I started my first real business, maybe my second business, if you consider my, my painting business, the one I was in college, my first business, or, or one of my wrestling camp businesses earlier on, uh, one of my first businesses. But my, my first real entrepreneurial venture in the real world as a, a full-grown adult was in a window cleaning business. It was Albemarle Window Cleaning. And we did window cleaning and pressure washing and gutter cleaning and even Christmas lighting around the holidays. And I was able to create systems. Now, at first, I started out, the business owned me. I couldn't shut it off. I was doing everything. And that's when I started reading books like The E-Myth and Work the System and really internalizing this concept that I can't do everything. There are high-value tasks that I do, and there are low-value tasks that I do. And you have the same thing, high-value work and low-value work, and a lot of work in between. And we get caught oftentimes doing so much low-value work, so much shallow work. If you've ever read the book uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport, it's a great book, a great read, but he talks about deep work. Well, you often get caught doing the shallow work, returning emails, doing social media posts, getting bogged down and in the weeds, that it doesn't leave enough time for your highest value work, that deep work that really allows you to grow your business or live your life the way you want. And this business was doing that to me. And then I started creating systems. And the first system that I created was answering the phones. How do I get somebody else to answer the phone and take the basic information from a customer who wants to uh, schedule some work? And it was a high value task that I did in the very beginning. I learned how to do it learn how to answer the questions. And I knew that my highest value work was to meet with a customer face-to-face -face and do the quotes and estimating. I certainly had, you know, I had crews that were doing the actual work, but me, the, you know, meeting with the customer and answering the questions and being the face of the business, that was some of my highest value work at that time. So I started to learn how to delegate. And this is how I started. And this is how you can start. I kept a notebook right beside my desk, right beside my phone, right where I worked. And every time I had a question come up repetitively, I wrote it down because customers would continually ask or prospective customers would ask the same questions. 
How much does it cost? How long until you can come out and give me a quote? Uh, how, how long until you can actually do the job? What I have these types of windows. Does it cost more for these types of windows or those types of windows? It's all these questions. And I started writing them down. Ended up being about 40 questions. And I didn't write down all 40 in a day. This is over the course of a couple of months, probably a month and a half. And I had all these gone on a notebook and I transferred them to a, a Word document. And I realized, okay, I'm at a point where somebody else can read through these 40 questions, familiarize themselves with them. They don't have to have them all memorized, but they can memorize the first 10 or 12, the highest, you know, the most frequently asked questions. But the other ones, they just have to know where to find the answers. Well, I hired my first virtual assistant. And it was a woman who lived in St. Louis. And she was, she had did great for me. She had done a little bit of work for me here and there. And then I said, okay, I'm going to have her start doing the phones, answering my phone. I was in St. Louis at the National Wrestling Championships, and I actually met up with her, and I said, here's my cell phone for the business. You've got the phone. <laughs> it was the phone line for the business. And I handed her the phone, and I emailed her the Word document, and we went over the questions, and I trained her on those you know, just a couple of times and started allowing her to answer the phones. And that was one version of me leveling up, pulling myself out of doing the the busy work and getting out of the weeds and allowing her to collect the information so that I could work on you know marketing and going to meet, be the face of the company and training new employees and hiring great employees etc and that was my first example that was my first experience and it was addictive because all of a sudden I got all these distractions got taken out of my day my phone is not constantly ringing now I can do more, even more deep work. And I started creating more and more systems. Like I would, we would, you know, the crews would run out of materials sometimes, some of the different things that you need on the job. And I outlined all of the things that were on a website that this, these are the tools that we use. These are the things that run out and they run out at approximately this cadence, you know, once a month, you might want to buy these or have the crew, the crew, you know, ask the crews once a week, how are we doing with these different supplies? And here's the link. Click this to purchase this. Click that to purchase that. And I created that system. And then I outsourced that. So that's what now I'm not worried about supplies running out and guys being on the job and not having what they need. And on and on, I started creating these systems. And I want you to start thinking about this too. And you might be saying, well, Jim, I don't have a business. Well, again, it doesn't have to be about your business. I'm going to talk to you. If you're, if you're an employee, you're working, I'm going to give you a couple of examples there as well. Things that I've done to outsource my jobs that I've had in the past. So that was my first example. My next business was Riot Sports Marketing. Now this business, if you know my story, this in the end was a failure, but I learned so much. This is, I really got my MBA through this window cleaning company and then this next business, which was a software company. We built a business and I was doing some consulting along with it on social media marketing, et cetera. And I was able to hire and outsource the building of a software. Now I had no experience. I was so clueless. And man, if I had to do this all over again, I would be so much more effective and efficient. But I learned so much about using virtual assistants, but more importantly, an offshore's team, offshore team to actually do the work. So I had a development team in India that actually built this amazing software, amazing if you ask me anyway, <laughs> built this great software. And I know some of you listening out there actually used, you were coming customers of mine who used the software, but this was built by this team. But I did such a bad job 
of delegating to them because I just figured that they kind of knew what I was talking about and knew what I wanted. Well, I had to I had to do much better at communicating than I did. I, I did such a poor job, at least in communicating the way that they needed to hear how to build. I had no experience doing this before. And the basic concept when you're when you're building a software, which I, I learned through the process, is you create what's called a wireframe. Basically, this is almost like a prototype, right? It's a a, a non-working prototype, right? If you want to build a widget, you kind of you get your toothpicks and popsicle sticks and chewing gum and and you piece together a non-working prototype. Well, you can do this through these tools online and say, this is what I want it to do and look like and feel. And I didn't do that at first. I was kind of trying to do it all just through emails and it didn't work. So I learned so much in terms of you actually have to hold people's hand and create a process for them to understand what you're talking about because they're not in your head. So that business went on for a couple of years and we got, you know, I got some great customers and had revenue and, and it just didn't grow at the level that I wanted it to because I was such an amateur at this. And shut that business down. And then I started working for a sales company. And when I worked in sales for just about six months before I worked at the, went back to the University of Virginia and, and worked as a major gift officer raising you know, millions of dollars for, for athletics, I worked in sales. And it was such a great company. It was, a, it was an adventure camping tour company, a different one than I had worked with you know, 20 years earlier or 15 years earlier where Allie and I had met. But I started sharing with them how we can take these time-consuming, repetitive, and annoying tasks that we did in sales as salespeople and outsource them. And a lot of that was collecting information on prospects. And I said, man, we're spending so much time. You're paying me and paying me well, but this is low-value work. We could hire somebody for $10 an hour to do this kind of work, and we're going to get just the same results as we get. And my highest-value work is being on the phone or being in front of prospects. And so we started outsourcing. They gave me the freedom to outsource just a small part of our job and they saw the results and they allowed us to do more and more outsourcing. So I, I outsourced a little bit there and it started and, and it grew. The amount of my job that I was able to outsource allowed me to crush it in sales. In the short time that I was there, I just, I crushed it. I was able to do so many more phone calls per day. We were supposed to do 25 phone calls per day and we had to log our calls. And most people got around 20 to 25, maybe 18 to 25. My average was well above 30. Most days I was hitting 40. And it was all because I was able to outsource the low value work, which is researching prospects, scouring websites, finding information that anybody could do. So you have to find tasks that are non-sensitive, you know, not confidential information, things that are, think about things that are time consuming, repetitive, or annoying for you. Some examples would be things like, like I was doing, you know, research on prospects. Another example would be researching your competitors. What are my competitors doing? Uh, can you have somebody go and, and scour their, their sales pages or their social media posts? Look at the keywords. Have someone else find out the keywords that they're ranking for and that they're using. Are they writing blog posts? If they are, what are the topics of their blog posts? What can you learn from the leaders, the people who are in the, the top companies in your market? Think about ways you can, you can learn. And you say, well, I don't have time to do that. Well, you don't have to have time. Let somebody else do it. 
And I'm going to give you some resources where you can go find people who will will do this. And it's really neat because these people are vetted. And uh, well, there are people listening, three uh, right now, Leica, Zenar, and Kunjan, who all help me with my podcast. And they're awesome. And they've worked for me for years. And there are platforms where you can go find amazing people like this. So these are some, that's one example, right? Competitor research. Another one, like I said, is prospect research, gathering information. Another one would be presentations. Like, do you have to give presentations? Maybe you're not an expert. Maybe you can kind of create the nuts and bolts or like I said, the wireframe, the the basics of it, but you need somebody to go in and, and clean it up and make it look good and make it look professional. There are plenty of people out there who are better at that than you. You can outsource this as well. If you need graphics created, you can find people who are much better at you at creating graphics. Maybe it's even at home, meal planning, right? Think about things like that or, or research for a vacation that you want to go on. So have somebody you know, find itineraries. You want to do a, a cross-country trip like we just did with my family. Luckily, we had some, some experience and, and some good friends who had done some of these trips before the places that we wanted to go. But if you don't, have somebody do some research. What are some ideal itineraries for a family of whatever your number is going across country with kids of this age and put together, you know, three sample itineraries for me. You can have somebody do that work for you for much less than you might expect. So these are a lot of different ways that I've outsourced my work. Now I'm with, you know, my company now, jimharshawjr.com. And over the years, I've always used basically virtual assistants from the very beginning. And I've found myself over the years running into ceilings where I just say, I don't have enough time to do more. I can't possibly do more. Well, that's when, whenever you run into that feeling, whenever you feel that you're, you're just at a point where there's just not enough hours in the day to get the more done. Well, you can't do more. Doing more is not going to help you. It's just going to burn you out, make you more stressed, make you more frazzled, take you away from your family, take you away from working out. You say, well, I'm not going to work out because I got to do more. Well, whenever you feel that, that is an opportunity for you to find low value work, low value tasks that you do and begin to find ways to outsource them. You need to have an infrastructure around you. And I have an infrastructure around me. Luckily, I'm continuing to build it. Uh, I'm actively building it right now and so that I can continue to work on my highest value work. If you go back to my episode with David Finkel, that was episode 233. I love this episode. I got so much out of the conversation with him. He's a business coach. And not just that he's an amazing, you know, world-class business. He's incredible. But he talked about finding the 20% that gives you the 80% of, you know, 20% of your efforts to give you 80% of your results. Everybody knows that. Not everybody knows that. A lot of people know that as, as Pareto's principle. Well, what about if you took the 20% of the 20%? That would give you 80% of the 80%. Well, what if you took the 20% of the 20% of the 20% of your efforts Theoretically, that would give you 80% of the 80% of the 80% of your results. That leaves you with, I'll do the math, about 1% of your efforts result in about 50% of your results. 1% of what you do results in about 50% of your effort, your, your results. So think about that. What are the highest, highest value tasks that you're doing? Now, 
Maybe you end up outsourcing this, the lower value work, or maybe you just have an assistant or, or, or somebody who works with you. Maybe you can find an intern. Like I have a guy, Connor Lepressi, who works for me now. He's a, an intern and he's doing a lot of work for me and helping me. And it's also giving him value and, and learning the business and building his skill sets. But finding ways to outsource. As a matter of fact, going back to my, my coaching time at Slippery Rock, I wanted to do a lot of marketing for the wrestling program. I just didn't have the bandwidth and I didn't have the, the budget to hire more assistant coaches. So I found people in our sport marketing department. We had a great sport marketing department, one of the best sport marketing programs in the country, right on campus. And so I found two interns every year. In the first year that we had the interns, uh, I told them what, what, what I wanted them to do. And at the end of their internship, I said, your final project is to document everything so that a five-year-old could take your job and do it next year, step-by-step, piece-by-piece. What did you do? And what do you think can be done better? What did you learn that the next people coming in should do? And in the next year, got two more interns and they did even better. By the end of it, we had like a production at our wrestling matches where we had the lights going down and we had smoke coming out of the tunnels. We had a spotlight from the drama department that we got over there. And, and it was just this awesome production. And we had a, an MC and we had a DJ and it was like music and it was awesome, but it was work that I couldn't do, but I outsourced it. So you can outsource it in a lot of different ways. It's delegation, it's outsourcing. So what platforms am I talking about? Okay, first, look internally. Do you have an assistant? Are there people who can do this job for you in the organization with, in which you work? Now, if you're a coach, maybe it's team mom or team dad or somebody who can help you with this. Maybe it's an intern, maybe it's a team manager. If you are an entrepreneur, you can find interns. And the other the platforms that I've used and I'm using right now, Upwork is a great one. Upwork is a platform where people from all over the world sign up as freelancers. And as they do work, they get ratings and reviews. And you can see all the work that they've done for others and the ratings and reviews that they've received. You can see what skills they've been tested on. It's really awesome. Now, I do recommend doing interviews and some tests. Once you hire somebody, you don't have to hire somebody and go all in. You know, if it doesn't work out after the first week, you can look for somebody else. But whenever you find somebody good, you really want to stick with them and, and you'll find a ton of value out of that. And you can hire people from all over the world. Upwork is a great one. Fiverr is another one. F-I-V-E-R-R. Fiverr.com is another one. If you need graphics made or if you need a, a voiceover, I used to have a voiceover for my podcast and I don't use that in the, as the intro any longer. But just really a couple of months ago, I, up until then I did. If you want to go back in here, well, I hired that guy on Fiverr. I think it ended up costing me $15 or something like that for a professional voiceover guy. You can get other experts, people who are more experienced than you to do this kind of work. There are also some automation platforms like Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R, or If Then Then That, I-F-T-T-T, If Then Then That. <laughs> this will allow you to automate tasks. This is, I'll give you some examples, might be, let's say you have a Google Calendar, any upcoming Google Calendar events, you can have them automatically posted to a Slack channel if you use Slack where you work. If you have incoming emails, you can have email addresses automatically added to your CRM. Or you can set it up to have all attachments that come into your inbox saved to a Dropbox folder. So they'll always be there. So these are some things that can be automated. You can automate your inbox. You can automate 
tasks that you that you do. And the more you automate, the more it's going to level you up and allow you to work on your highest value work. But here's the key. You have to understand that you're not that special. <laughs> you're not that special. Everyone is replaceable. I remember at my last place of work at the University of Virginia, this one individual, uh, she left and it was like, oh my goodness, the, the sky is falling. And she was a huge part of the organization. We thought, how are we going to continue without her? Well, we did. We did. We continued. Matter of fact, we had a record year after she left. Not because she left, but you know, we had to fill in the gaps and we did. Everybody else stepped up. The work that you do, you feel like I have to do it. No, no, you don't. Right? If you own a restaurant and you know you have to be the host and you have to do the seating and you have to take the orders and you have to cook the burgers and you have to do the cleanup at night and you have to do the books and everything. No, you don't. Unless you want to be a very small, 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 <laughs> tiny restaurant and business, then you can't do it all. Think about McDonald's, tens of thousands of these across the world. They're built on replicable and profitable systems, and so can your life. You can outsource your job. You can outsource your work. It just takes time. It takes patience. You have to invest in creating the systems and creating the processes. Start small. It's addictive. Once you outsource that first thing, it is addictive. So I caution you, once you get into this, you're going to say, man, this is awesome. This is so much fun. I got this time back. Now I can do whatever I want with it. Spend it with my family. I can go work out. I can you know, work on my highest value work. So I encourage you to take action on this. It's easy to go, okay, this sounds nice. This is a good idea. Go on to the next podcast episode and forget about it. I encourage you to download the action plan. Go to jimharshowjr.com slash action all the tips and tactics, all the links are right in there. And again, if you want to have a conversation about this, how you can level up your own life, just go to jimharshawjr.com slash apply, and you can apply for a free one-time, one-on-one coaching call with me. I look forward to talking with you. As always, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success. 